All right, Jabosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Tamatara sponsors for, sponsor, for the month of Shvat, Mrs. Samuel, for dedicating all the Sherman Drushals this month with immense gratitude for the refuels from Hashem and the merit of a refuel for all of those in need in the schus of our brave soldiers and the schus of the return of our hostages. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Saeed and Sima Haken, for dedicating all the shirm this month, this week, excuse me, in memory of Saeed's mother, Taji Barati Bethari Bas Harav Meir Moshe Zichron Levracha, Yehuda and Bracha Buchwalter, in memory of Yehuda's father of Usher Buchwalter Zichron Levracha, our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Menashe and Bracha Efron, in honor of the bris of baby boy Efron, with Mazel Tov to Ben Sion and Alana Efron and the entire family, and in memory of Beatrice Efron, Brena, Brana, Brena Bas Alti Rachmiel Zichron Levracha, whose 11th yard site is today. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nesham Salad and Aliyah, the families in Nechama, this little boy, Merit Hashem, Mezorcha, to enter into Bisa Shadma Vino Bismano, and his parents, Azorcha, the God of the Torah, Ula Chopa, Ula Maisim Tovim. Our soldiers should be successful, and all of our hostages should be returned in Merit Hashem to their families, Bekarov. But so with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Ayin Zayin, 77. 77. And we are picking up in Meretz Hashem on Ayin Vav on the base 76B. And let's actually pick up, let's actually pick up, uh, we got, I think, towards the end of the daf. Oh, no, towards the middle of the umbrella. Right? Kitsan, Kitsan, Lundif, Nezriga. All right, so let's actually just, just pause for just a second, just to back up a little bit. So remember again, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, excellent question. Excellent question. <laughs> haven't, haven't really been able to answer that for a little while now. Uh, so, so, so just, so we, had, we had a statement in the Mishnah. Right? So remember again, in the, the Mishnah quoted a case. The case was actually a pretty straightforward case. We dealt with it yesterday. That was the case of Ganov Behegdish Be'achakach Tavach L'Mishalim. Ruben steals, Ruben steals a sheep from Shimon. He goes ahead and he's Makdishit. He's Makdishit. After he's Makdishit, he slaughters slash steals it. Sorry, slaughters slash He sold it slash slaughtered it. Right? It's and or. Right? So now what's Tala? What did the Mishnah say? In that case, what does he do? He has to pay Kefil, but he doesn't pay Dalit Vehei. That was the case. Straightforward. Why not? He pays Kefil. Why? Because he stole. Makes sense. He doesn't pay Dalit Vehei. Why? Because remember again, the obligation of Dalit and Hay is only when you're slaughtering slash selling a sheep that belongs to another person. In this case, because Ruben was Makdishit, therefore it's no longer Shimon's sheep. Because it's no longer Shimon's sheep, it's the sheep of Hagdish, then ultimately, again, Ruben's not going to be Chayiv Dalit Vehei. Remember again, Rashi pointed out, it has to be that we're talking about a case where after Ruben sold it, Shimon had Yeish, because otherwise, again, Ruben would not have the ability to be Makdishit. Okay, so that was the case, pretty straightforward. Where it got a little bit confusing was Rabbi Shimon comes along. Rabbi Shimon says, "This, what are we talking about over here? This is so in a case where it depends." Rabbi Shimon say, "In the case of hektish, it depends. What does it depend on? If it's a case of kadshim shi'esh lahemachrayis, meaning that the owner has responsibility for the animal, then ultimately, again, which means the animal still, so to speak, even if it's hektish, still remains in." the owner's domain. So therefore, again, Rabbi Shimon will say that should be chayib dalad vehei. If he doesn't have achrayis, then you're not chayib dalad vehei. Shabbos says, so now in yesterday's daf, towards the end, towards the end of Amad Alef, what we were trying to figure out is, so what's, what's the case of Rabbi Shimon? 
if Rabbi Shimon is talking about that you're actually stealing a consecrated animal, so let's let's analyze this. Let's analyze this, right? Because there's a lot of things that kind of happen together over here. So first of all, Rabbi Shimon subscribes to the idea that shchita she'ina ru'uya is lo shchita. That in general, if you shecht an animal and it's not fit for consumption, it's not considered to be a bona fide shchita. If it's not a bona fide shchita, then halacha lo'ayisawat, and you shouldn't be chayiv dalad v'hey. Furthermore, again, if at the end of the day we're talking about a case where the thief is stealing a consecrated animal and maybe even offering it up as a carbon, is that not a case of Chazra Karen Lebailov? That ultimately, again, the principle goes back to the owner. In other words, Bosin, think about this just a moment. If, 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 if Shimon has a shlumim, right, and Ruvain steals the animal from him and offers it up as a shlumim, so as much as, excuse me, as much as Ruvain has stolen something, at the end of the day, we could kind of say what? You know, mission accomplished. You know, Shimon wanted to offer up a shlamim. So, so Ruvain offered it up. On, you know, Ruvain did offer up the shlamim. Okay, well, so a lot of times in life, the things that we want to happen don't exactly happen the way we wanted them to happen. But as long as it kind of materializes, so it's good enough. It's good enough. So that's called Chazra Karen Labaylim. So we'll say, so therefore, we have two interpretations as to how this case could work. One was Rabbi Yochanan and one was Rish Lakish. So Rabbi Yochanan said the case is, it would be a case ultimately again of where Ruvain Ruvain stole Ruvain stole the carbon ultimately from Shimon and Ruvain offered it up in the base Hamikdash, but not for Shimon, not for Shimon. So in other words, he just offered it up. He offered it up the shame shlamim, but not for Shimon. So now, what's the problem? The problem we're going to have in this kind of case over here is that halacha the carbon is not going to count. For Shimon, right? But the problem is that what? Shimon is achrai to now replace that animal. So therefore, that would be a case. That's Rabbi Shimon's case of where Ruvain steals a consecrated animal. He'll be chayiv kefal for the theft. And he'll also be chayiv dalid vehei for the slaughter. That's, that's, that's Rabbi Shimon's interpretation, right? Because again, since he slaughtered it, albeit l'shem shlamim, at the end of the day, and therefore again, it's a shechita ruuya, it's a good shechita, but it doesn't set, but Shimon now still has to replace the animal to satisfy his sacrificial obligation. Therefore, Allah Ruven will be Chayiv Dalit Vehei. Good, that's Rabbi Yochanan. Rish Lakish said, What are we talking about over here? Rish Lakish said, We're talking about a case of Shochit Bali Mumin Bachutz. We're talking about a case where ultimately, again, where Ruven stole an animal that Shimon had consecrated, but the animal became blemished. So I'll say, what do you do with a blemished, consecrated animal? What do you do with it? You redeem it. So in this case over here, so the, in case over here, so Ruben took that animal and he shechted it outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Now remember, that, that's totally permitted. So it's a shechita ruya, it's a shechita ruya. The problem is that Shimon is still going to have the obligation to go ahead and provide for that redemption money to go ahead and create another consecrated animal. So I will say, so therefore again, that, and that would be a case also where Ruben the thief would be chayiv for Dalid Vehei. Okay, so all, all that's happening over here is Machol Kis of Yochum Lakish. What is the case of Reb Shimon, of Kachim, where you're obligated for Achrayis, you have responsibility for it, and you'd be chayiv kevel and Dalid Vehei. That's so Machol Kis in the case. Now, the emergence points out over here, the Gemara says like this. So, good. So, once I said, I'm just working through it. So then, come, comes on Rabbi Lazar, and Rabbi Lazar said to Rabbi Yochanan, here's the problem. The problem is in these cases is, Shechita is not the Matir. What's the Matir? What's the Matir? Zrika. 
Zrika. So we'll say, see, here's what's interesting. So the Gemara is suggesting that this is a shrita ruya. It's not really a shrita ruya because it's not that shrita that makes the animal permitted, but rather again, it's a zrika. To which the Gemara says, you're right. And the same thing with Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish, it's not the shrita that's matir, it's the pidyon that's matir. To which the Gemara says, Ishtamite, Ishtamite, Had Rabbi Shimon. Let's begin from here. So we're now on Ayin Bavamabes 76b, and let's actually pick up two, four, six lines down from the top. We read this, we read a couple of lines further, but let's just, then now we're reoriented a little bit more in the Sugya. So the Gemara essentially says like this You forgot about the statement of, you forgot about the statement of Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon holds anything that is fit for Zerika. It's as if Zrika has occurred. And anything fit for redemption for Pidyon, it's as if Pidyon has occurred. So where do we see both of these cases? This is interesting in general. Where do we find out that anything fit for Zrika? It's as if Zrika occurred. This is We'll say ultimately again, there is a Nosar. Remember, we spoke about this yesterday. What's Nosar? Anytime you have a carbon that is left over past its permitted window of consumption, that is called nosar. So there's sometimes that nosar contracts tumasochlin, can become tame with tumasochlin, and sometimes that it can't. So when is it? Keitzad. So keitzad. So the Gemara says, Lon lifnei zriga. So I watch this. Let's say you sacrificed an animal, right? You brought a carbon, and ultimately, again, the carbon remained overnight without zriga. Without Zeriga, we'll discuss, well, we're going we're gonna to define the parameters of that case a little bit more in just a moment. And then we're talking to Masochlin. In that case, ultimately, the carbon, right, or the, right, the item does not, the carbon in this case, does not go ahead and is not metame to Masochlin. La'achar Zeriga, if, however, again, the animal remained overnight after Zeriga, metame to Masochlin, then ultimately, again, then it becomes metame to Masochlin. So the says, what's, what's, what's the case? The Kaimalon. What does it mean when we say that ultimately, again, the animal remained overnight before Zerika? What does that mean? So the Gemara says, Kodem Shenira Lizrika. It means ultimately, again, that the animal remained overnight before it was fit for Zerika. In other words, they're both like, Lav Dafka that Zerika was done, but rather what? It, Zerika could have been done. What does it mean after Zrika? After it became fit for Zrika. So the Gemara says, still, what does this mean? We'll say, what does it mean that the animal remained overnight before it was fit for Zrika? We're talking about over here a case where what? There wasn't time during the day to do Zrika. Remember again, the halacha is that Zrika has to be done by day. Can't do Zrika at night. So let's say for argument's sake, he says, So we'll say, so for example, let's say you went ahead and you shechted the animal right before Shkia. Right before Shkia. To the point that now, once Shkia comes, the animal is, so once, sorry, sorry, once the Shkita is done, it's already after Shkia. It's already after Shkia, or right at Shkia. So now you no longer have the ability to do Zrika. So because ultimately, again, you didn't have the ability to do Zrika, therefore what? The carbon or the sacrificial, excuse me, does not contract Tomas Ochlin, right? So the Gemara says, 
Because, remember, Zrika is the Mati, right? Zrika is what permits everything. So now both say, technically speaking, if a carbon sits overnight, then ultimately again, that's when it could... That, so what, let me say it differently. Once you do Zrika, then ultimately it contracts to Masa Ochlin. If you can't do Zrika, can't do Zrika, then by definition, the sacrificial meat cannot become subject to Masa Ochlin. But what does it mean you can't do Zrika? Zrika, you can't do Zrika means you shechted right before, right before... Shkia, there was no time. So there was no time. Therefore, again, when the carbon sits overnight, it doesn't contract to Masochlin. What does it mean, however? The Acher Shenira Lezrika. say, what does it mean after it became fit for Zrika? What does that refer to? So the Gemara says, La Acher Shenira Lezrika, Lon Dahavia Shaos Bayom Lemizrike. Medame to Masochlin. So we'll say, what does it mean after it becomes, after, after Zrika? It means after it became fit for Zrika. Meaning what I will say, that if you shechted the carbon with enough time by day to be able to do Zrika, and ultimately, again, you don't do Zrika, it's metame to masochun. So first of all, just an interesting, you know, halacha in karbonos, which is that halacha lemaisa, sacrificial meat only becomes receptive to, to, to masochun once Zrika was done. Well, what's interesting is, is that it's not really once Zrika was done. What is it? It's once Zrika could be done. Once Zrika could be done. So I'm say, so what do you saw there? Therefore, halacha lamaisa, if you shech the carbon right before, right before Shia, so therefore, again, Zrika could never have been done, even if the sacrificial animal, the sacrificial meat now sits overnight. What's that halacha? What's that halacha? Ultimately, it's not metame tumas Why? Zrika could not have been done. Conversely, if you shech the carbon early enough in the day, where Zrika could have been done, but let's say Zrika wasn't done, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? It is metame tumasochlin. What do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that halacha lamaisa, it's not, it's interesting. It's not really about if Zrika was done, rather, what is it about? If Zrika could have been done. So we'll say, so this is the concept, of Shimon's concept, that ultimately, again, kala omid lizrok. Kizarok dummy. Anything that was fit for Zrika, it's as if Zrika was done. And conversely, conversely, if Zrika could not have been done, so therefore, obviously, it's as if it wasn't done. So that's the concept. That's the concept. Alma, what do you see from here? Kala Omid Lizrog, Kizarok dummy. Therefore, I will say anything that ultimately, again, is fit for Zrika or was fit for Zrika, it's as if Zrika was done. What about the second case? Anything that is fit for redemption is as if it was redeemed. So what case is this? Gemara says, Desanya, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, there was a tap of Ayin Zayin. Well, it's not really a tap or a bottom. There's just, uh, there's just Ayin Zayin. Let's listen to this. So this is actually a great, this is actually a fascinating case. Desanya, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Para. We'll say, Para Duma. They will say now, para metame tumas ochlin. This is fascinating. We'll say now, remember, paraduma is very unique. How is, well, it's unique on a number of features. Paraduma, remember, is not shechted in the Beis Hamikdash, right? Paraduma is shechted on Harazesim, right? Mount of Olives, opposite the Beis Hamikdash. In fact, I will say today, I didn't mention this before. 
we know the site where the Para Aduma was shafted. Actually, it's a monastery uh, now. Right? It's, uh, so I don't, I don't think it's an in-use monastery, but at least it was a monastery at a certain point in time. So we know the, we know the area where the Para Aduma was. The Para Aduma sits on Harazizim because, again, the Mishnah describes in great detail that you were able to see from the site of the Para Aduma right into the Beis HaMikdash. In fact, my boys, they're Bar Mitzvah Parashas, Parashas Chugas, on the summer before their Bar Mitzvah. We were in uh, we were in Eretz Yisrael and uh, we practiced their laning right on the site of Harazesim, right on the site opposite, which right on the site uh, uh, of Harazesim opposite opposite the Harabais. Quite an amazing experience. So the Gemara says as well. So para metame tumas ochlin. So para aduma para aduma. Ultimately, again, I should give a shkreif to their Barmesa teacher, to Gabi. You know, so he did a great job. They were, they were, they were, they were, well, they were well prepared. Right, so the Gemara says, says, So, para mitami tumas hochlin. So remember again, para duma, the, the, the meat. So remember, so going back for a second. So para duma is actually shafted outside of the Beis HaMikdash. So interestingly enough, para aduma, the meat of para duma, is metame tumas hochlin. Right? Literally, again, it can contract food tuma. Now, Why? Because of what I say, there was a time when it was permitted for consumption. Now, look at Rashi just a moment. Para, Rashi says, Aduma metami tumas ochlin, the habit is shasa kosher, leechol mishinishchita, the yardala toras ochal. So this is fascinating, I was saying. There was a moment after the shrita of the para aduma where, technically speaking, it was fit for consumption. It was fit for consumption. Now, because it was fit for consumption in that moment after it was shechted, therefore what? Therefore, halacha lameisa, it is metami Remember, again, I was like, they, they go hand in hand. Anything that is fit for consumption, ultimately, again, is able to contract tumas ochlin. So therefore, para aduma has its moment where ultimately it's able to go ahead and contract tumas ochlin. Amid beis, amid beis, v'amreish lakish. Right on schedule, right on schedule. That is great. Right? Don't worry, we'll fall behind. We'll fall behind. But I'm Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, listen to this. Omer Hayyar Rabbi Shimon, para niftis agave ma'arachta. Now, both say, this, this is fascinating. It's nice because we have the opportunity to really delve into this a little bit. So Reish Lakish says that you could technically speaking redeem the paraduma while it sits on the pyre. Remember, you know, both say, what's the process of paraduma? You shaft it, and after you shaft it, what do you do with it? You burn it. Remember, the whole of all the paraduma is with the ashes. So you, so Yishlak is like this, you shafted, the par is sitting on the pyre, right? P-Y-R-E, right? Why is it sitting on the pyre? Because you're going to burn it, you want the ashes. So Yishlak says, you could redeem the para aduma while it's actually sitting on the pyre. So the boss says, look at Rashi for just a moment. Amr Yishlak now here's what's interesting. So we have two statements over here. On one hand, we have Rabbi Shimon saying, Rabbi Shimon saying in the Braisa, that para aduma contracts tumas ochlin. Why? Because it has a shasa kosher. It has a time where, technically speaking, you're able to eat it. So comes along Rish Lakish and says, "Really? Like when are you able to eat para aduma? I don't understand. You shecht it, you burn it. At what point in time is it technically fit for consumption?" Rish Lakish says, "I'll tell you when. Technically speaking, after you shecht it, while it's sitting on the pyre, you could technically redeem it." In other words, if you decide you're hungrier than the need for, right? I'm more hungry than the need for national atonement. <laughs> it, it happens, right? People, people get hangry, they get hungry, right? All kinds of things, right? I need to eat para aduma more than the nation of Kali needs, you know, of atonement or ritual purity. So Rish Lakish says, technically speaking, while sitting on the pyre, 
you could redeem it. Look again, now look at that Rashi. When, when did the Paraduma have a point where it was fit for consumption? The Omer Haya Rabbi Shimon Pade, the Omer Haya Rabbi Shimon Para Niftis, Afilu Nishreta, Al Hamma Aracha, Kimishbat, Imatsakaras Yafami Mene. So we'll say, so now remember, there's a, you, technically speaking, you could redeem Paraduma, right? And you could actually go ahead and decide to eat it, but there's a caveat. What's the caveat? You would have to have a nicer replacement. In other words, we'll say, if you did find a better Paraduma, after you shechted and before you burnt the first, then Einachinami, what you technically could do is redeem the para aduma that is shechted and sitting on the pyre. Go ahead and use that for food or for whatever for whatever you want, right? And lemais to replace it with a nicer para aduma. So the Gemara says, "V'zehu shat." I'm really finishing Rashi. "V'zehu shas hakosher shelo afapish delo niftis afilu hachi." So both say, this is fascinating. Watch how all of this comes together. So now remember both say, let, let's just keep track of what it is that we're trying, what are we trying to do over here? We're trying to prove Rav Shimon's principle. There's something that is fit for redemption is as if it, is as if it was actually redeemed. Now watch this. Where do we see this concept from? Paraduma. Get ready for this. I'm shechting a paraduma. I'm shechting a paraduma. The moment I shech the paraduma, the bright the Rabbi Shimon says, it is metame tumas ochel. Now I both say, the only time that something becomes tame with tumas ochel is when? Is when? When it's ochel. Right? In other words, if you're not food, you don't contract tumas ochel. So this begs the question, para aduma contracts tumas ochel? That doesn't make any sense. To which the Gemara says, yes, it does, and I'll tell you how. Because Reish Lakish comes along, and Reish Lakish says that technically speaking, when that para is on the pyre, it's redeemable, right? What, where, but only when, only when, if you were to find another para that was nicer than the first, you could check the new para and redeem the old para and eat it. They both say, now here's what's interesting. Are you redeeming, are you currently redeeming the para that's on the pyre? Are you redeeming it? The answer is no. But what? But what? You could. So what do you see from here? Since you could technically redeem this par that's sitting on the pyre after it's shrita, since technically you could redeem it, therefore what? It contracts Tumas Ochlin. What do you see from here? That anything that is fit for redemption is as if it was redeemed. And therefore, halacha this para, even though it's not redeemed, since it could be redeemed, therefore it's treated as if it was redeemed. And if it were to be redeemed, it would have the status of ochel and contract to mas ochlin. Therefore, it contracts to mas ochlin now, even though it hasn't been redeemed. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. What do you see from here? That kalaroi liftos kipadoidami. Anything ultimately, again, that could be redeemed is in halacha as if it has been redeemed. So therefore, I will say we see, we see the illustration of both of these principles of, of Rabbi Shimon's concept, that ultimately, again, kalaroi lizro kizarak dami, so anything that is fit for zrika is as if zrika occurred. So therefore, again, I will say that, we prove that from the case of if you shech the karban, and there's enough time in the day to do zrika, Right, even if you didn't go ahead and do zriga, right? Ultimately, again, the carbon contracts tumas ochlin, and anything that is fit for redemption is as if it has been redeemed. We see that paraduma case. Every paraduma contra- has the ability 
to contract Tumas Ochlin, since technically speaking, it is fit to be redeemed while on the pyre. Incredible. Now, I will say, just to take this full circle, what, is, what does all of this do for us? What does all of this do for us? So remember again, I will say, that halacha lamaisa, what this does for us is, this allows Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish to set up the case of Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah. Right, Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah, remember again, Rabbi Shimon wanted to make this distinction between Kachim Shechayev Ba'achra Yusam and Enav Chayev Ba'achra Yusam. So if Ruvain steals from Shimon, if Ruvain steals from Shimon, ultimately again, the type of carbon that Shimon has a replacement obligation for, so Rabbi Shimon says, you are Chayev Dalid Vehei. That's what Rabbi Shimon's coming along to teach us. As we'll say again, one more piece, and then, and then, and then we'll go back to the Gemara. Remember, the Tanakama in the Mishnah said, if you steal, if you steal essentially a consecrated animal, right? So, and you shecht it, what's going to be the halacha? What's going to be the halacha? What did Tanakama say? What's the halacha? Right? You're going to be chayiv kefal, right? But you're not going to be chayiv dalad vehei. Rabbi Shimon is trying to come up with a case where even for a consecrated animal, you're going to be chayiv dalad vehei. And what's that case? What's that case? It has to be a case where you're stealing a carbon, Ruvain's stealing carbon for which Shimon will still have achrayis for. So now Rabbi Yochanan is just trying to come up with those constructs. What are the cases for which you'd be chayiv? What's the case of stealing a carbon that you have So remember again, now we have Rabbi Yochanan telling us that it's a case of where Ruvain's stealing a consecrated animal. He's shechting it inside of the base of Mikdash. All sounds great. Only one wrinkle. He doesn't shecht it for Shimon. He shechts it for himself or for something else. So now Shimon still has achrayis. And now say, now what we've shown, oh, ultimately again, you're shechting bali mumin outside. I, I need it to be a shechita ru'uya. The whole thing doesn't work. Because again, Rav Oseh, Shimon holds that a shechita she'ina ru'uya is not a shechita. If it's not a shechita, then you're not chayat dalet vehei. Now Rav Oseh, now the whole, it's beautiful. All the pieces now come together. Now the whole thing works. It is a shechita ru'uya. It is a shechita ru'uya. Ultimately, again, because as long again, anything that's fit for Zerika is as if Zerika is done. Anything that's fit for Pignon is as if Pignon is done. Beautiful. So, both say, so now the universe is once again in equilibrium. I will say, I will just tell you, it's fascinating to contemplate this concept of also Kalarai Lizrika Kizarak Dami and Kalarai Liftos Kepadui Dami. I will say, you find this, you find this tension in Halacha that sometimes like Halacha will recognize. The, 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 the possibility of, or I should say, the potential. And sometimes halacha only deals with what's in front of it right now. Like, you know, adavr shalab aliyolam, right, something that does not yet exist, right, you normally cannot transact with things that don't yet exist, right? Dvarim shebaleib enum dvarim, right, which is interesting, right? So halacha lamaisa, so right, so in other words, if I try to sell you futures, right, in halacha you can't sell a future, right? I, can, I can't sell you fruit, that will one day sprout on my tree. Doesn't exist. It's a Dava you can't do it, right? Tvarim Shebalev, if at the end of the day we're transacting something and I'm thinking something a little bit different in my heart, Tvarim Shebalev, Enam Dvarim. So yet you see in Halacha that what matters are things that exist. Yet, yet, what do you see? That Kalaroi Lizrok Kizarak Dami. Kalaroi Liftos Kipadoi Dami. So we'll say, so it's interesting, right? It, it, it's interesting how sometimes halacha takes into account things that don't exist and sometimes it doesn't. We'll say there's a fundamental distinction between the cases. What's a fundamental distinction? Let's say in the case of kalaroi, lizro, kizarok, dami, we'll say, what's the difference? What's the difference between that and let's say, davashalab, the olam? The item is there, right? The animal is shechted, the carbon is there, the blood is there. 
just hasn't been sprinkled, right? In the pidyon, the paradumas there, right? Just ha- just hasn't been redeemed. I will say, so in halacha, you don't need you don't need the complete action to have come to fruition. But Lamai said the genesis of it has to begin. I will say it's the same thing in life as well. And you know, sometimes in life, Akadosh Baruch Hu does not sometimes in life. Akadosh Baruch Hu doesn't necessarily need us to bring things to the finish line, but he does need us to start. You see, a lot of times where we get stuck is. Having nice ideas and beautiful goals and aspirations is fantastic. But if they just remain in your heart, they just remain in your mind, but you don't bring it into the world of reality at all, that's meaningless. But if you bring it into the world of reality to some degree, even if it doesn't fully materialize or fully actualize, so that's ultimately, again, Sibla said, if all I have are nice ideas, nice goals, and nice aspirations, so that's Adavr Shalab Aliyolam. Right? That's Dvarim Shivalev. So that's Enam Dvarim. But if I have beautiful goals, ideas, and aspirations, and I begin to birth them, I begin to birth them, but at the end of the day, they don't really ever fully mature, ever fully materialize, it's okay. Why? Because we both say, that's Kalarai Lizrog Kizarak Dami. That's Kalarai Lepeyon Kephadwe Dami. Because there already I've done something. As long as I do something to bring my wants, my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, into the world of reality, that they're here, they're here, then ultimately, again, that's real. That's real. Just remains in my heart, just remains in my mind, that's and that's meaningless. So we'll say, this beautiful like dichotomy in halacha is the same dichotomy in hashkafa. If you just dream about what you're going to do, that's meaningless. If your dreams begin to take root, even if they don't materialize, that's meaningful. True in halacha, Incredible. Let's go right there. Says the Gemara. Bishlama. Try to finish the oven. Bishlama. Rabbi Yochanan. Lo Amar Kav Shimon Ben Lakish. So we'll say I understand why Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold like Reish Lakish. So we'll say Rabbi Yochanan was the one who set up the case as Rabbi Shimon's case. As talking about a case ultimately again of Shochet Tamimim Bifnim Shelo L'Shem Bailim. Right. Ruvain the thief shechted Shimon's carbon. In the base of Ekdash, all good. Only one issue, he didn't shecht it for Shimon. Right? Reish Lakish. We're talking about a case where Reuben stole a blemished animal and shechted it bachutz. Right? Shechted it bachutz. So I understand why Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold like Reish Lakish. Rish Lakish is, is setting up the case in a very narrow, in a very narrow scope as talking about blemished animals. Rabbi Yochanan would rather talk about consecrated animals, kind of all consecrated animals, even unblemished ones, I, but why does Reish Lakish not hold like Rabbi Yochanan? So very simple, because the Pasuk says, remember again, the Pasuk says, it's actually, right? The Pasuk says, remember, it's about the obligation of Arba Vechamish, a four and five time penalty payment. So the Pasuk says, you, the thief slaughters it or sells it. Watch this. So both say, Rishlakish is like this. In order to be chayiv dalid vehei, right, the thief has to have the ability to either sell it or slaughter it. You have to have both of those options available. If both of those options are not available, you're not chayiv dalid vehei. So again, Rishlakish says, that's lashon the pasak, utubacho o macharo. What is the thief doing with it? He's either slaughtering it or he's selling it. Kalhecha de Isa Bemechira, Isa Betricha. The Kalhecha de Lassa Bemechira, 
Lesser bitzvicha. Shabbos says you're really profoundly sold. So Yishlakish says, Torah is telling you, wherever you could slaughter it, that's where you could sell it. And wherever you could sell it, that's where you could slaughter it. But if you can't do either of the two, then ultimately you're not chayiv in, in Dalad Vahey. Watch this, Shabbos say. How is Rabbi Yochanan setting up the case of Rabbi Shimon? Well, remember, how is Rabbi Yochanan setting up the case of Rabbi Shimon? He's talking about a case of where Ruvain is stealing a shlomim and offering it up as a shlomim. Shabbos say, Yishlakish, that can't be the case of Rabbi Yochanan. Why not? Why not? You can't sell a shlum. You can't sell a shlum. So because you can't sell it, Reish Lakish holds that therefore what? There would not be Dalit Behe liability for slaughtering it. Now, now remember, Reish Lakish, is, Reish Lakish is kind of backing himself into this corner. Why? It's actually very... Because remember, Rish Lakish is Rish Lakish is subscribing to this drasha, right? Utavacha o macharos. Rish Lakish is telling the way Rish Lakish is reading the pasuk is he's seeing that The way the Torah is telling you is you have to be able to do both of these things, right? If you can't do both, then you're not chayim dalim. It says tremendous Moser Haskil in this. What's the Moser Haskil? It was like Rish Lakish is forced into his position because this is how he reads the pasuk. It was say how many times in life do we create realities for ourselves and those realities dictate everything else, right? I see life as this, right? This is the way things are. So because this is the way things are, therefore, right, the rest of life has to fall in line. It's incredible, right? Reish Lakish reads the Pasuk this way. So because he reads the Pasuk this way, he cannot hold like Reb Shimon. Therefore, Reish Lakish says, you can't sell carbonos. We'll say, I just want to point this out, right? If you try to sell a shlamim, you try to sell a shlamim, it does not work. You can't sell, why can't you sell a consecrated animal? Why not? It doesn't belong to you, it's not yours. It's not yours. You can't sell that which does not belong to you. So therefore, we'll say, so therefore, Allah Lakish says, I have to set it up as the case of a balmum, because we'll say, interestingly enough, a blemished consecrated animal, right? A blemished actually can be sold. That's what's interesting about this, right? So Shlakish has his case, works for Tavicha or Mechir. Rabbi Yochan, in your case, of literally, again, where the thief is stealing a Shlomim and slaughtering the Shlomim won't work because that animal can't be sold. The Gemara says, right. So Rabbi Yochan, good. So that's why, that's why they, don't, they don't hold each other. They're both saying, I watch this. They're both Rabbi Yochan and Shlakish go according to their previously held reason. Here we go. They're both saying, this is actually a great case. The Itmar, Hamocher Trefa Medivrei Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Yochan, watch this. What's the halacha if a thief sells a treifa according to Rabbi Shimon? Now, both say, now remember again, there's a lot going on over here. Rabbi Shimon is the opinion that keeps coming up. What does Rabbi Shimon hold? Rabbi Shimon holds, Shrita she'ena ru'uya lo shma shrita. Rabbi Yochan holds this interesting sheet, I will say, that halacha lemaisa, in order to be chayiv for slaughtering a stolen animal, ultimately, again, the shrita has to yield an animal that is fit for consumption. If your shechita is not good, then you're not chayiv dalit vehei. That's Rabbi Shimon. So now watch this. So now here's the interesting shayla. What happens? What happens? Ruvain steals a trefa from Shimon. Remember again, what's a trefa? Trefa is any animal that has a condition from which it's going to imminently die. Okay, can't survive long term. So now watch this. So Ruvain steals a trefa from... Now I want to be clear, by the way. Rabbi Shimon's, Rabbi Shimon's concept only applies to Dalit Vehei, right? Obviously, if, you know, if, if Reuven steals, Reuven steals a treifa from Shimon, then what's going to be the halacha? Then Reuven is chayv kefal, right? That's obvious. The only question is, now he slaughters it. So according to Rabbi Shimon, slaughtering a treifa animal, 
you're, you're, you're high the same kefal. In other words, not, nothing changes. You don't incur dalad behe. Watch this. What happens if instead of stealing it, he sells it? He sells it. So we'll say, so what's talacha if you sell a trefa according to Rabbi Shimon? So watch this. Rabbi Yochanan Amr Chayiv. Rabbi Yochanan says, Chayiv. We'll say now again, Chayiv what? Chayiv what? Chayiv what? Dalad behe. Right? Reishlaki Shamar Pater. Reishlakish says that you're Pater. Okay, so now let's analyze. Rabbi Yochanan Amr Chayiv. Rabbi Yochanan says, Yochayiv. Afa gab delay se bitvicha isei bimechira. They both say, let me just say, before you even get into this, let me just say this outside. Essentially, Rabbi Yochanan Yishlagish have a Yisobistik Machokis as to how to read the phrase, Utavacho o Machro. That's it. That's it, right? Kiyignov Yishar Oseh, Utavacho o Macharo. So again, Chamisha, right? Dalabay. So we'll say, so Rishlagish says, Tavacho o Macharo means what? In order to be hide the penalty, you must be able to slaughter or sell this stolen animal. If you can't do one of the two, you'll still be chayiv keifel, but you're not chayiv dalad v'hei. Rabbi Yochanan says, what are you talking about? Utvacho macharot doesn't mean you have to do both, right? But rather, what does it mean? Or you have to be able to do both. Rather, what does it mean? You have to be able to do one or the other. So we'll say, so now again, now remember, this, this machlokas, just, just so you understand, like, this is very exciting. Just because you understand, like, the layered, the layered, like, there's so many layers to this machlokas. So that's a machlokas by itself. The machlokas becomes further complicated according to Reb Shimon. Because Reb Shimon says that what? The only time you're chayim for shechting a stolen animal is when? When the shechita itself is a shechita ra'uya ultimately leads, an, leads to an animal that could be consumed. So we'll say, so now watch this. Now watch this. So now, where, where does this come to a head? In this case over here. Ruvain steals a trefa from Shimon. Ruvain steals a trefa from Shimon. Right? So remember again, what's the luck if you shech the trefa? Shech the trefa? Animal can't be consumed. So now watch this. But alas, Ruvain is not shechting it. What is he doing? He's selling it. So now I will say, Ruvain steals the trefa, sells the trefa, sells the trefa. Is he chayiv dalid vehei? According to Rabbi Shimon. Now I will say, now this is the machlok to Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan says, absolutely yes. So here we go. Rabbi Yochanan, Amr Chayiv. Rabbi Yochanan says, you're chayiv, why? Afagav delayse b'tvicha isi b'mechira. Because Rabbi Yochanan, when he reads the Pasuk of Utvacho Maharo, doesn't require that you're able to do both of them. It's an either or. It's neither or. So granted, Rabbi Yochanan will say, you're right, according to Rabbi Shimon, if you were to shecht it, you wouldn't be chayi dalad vehei. But if you were to sell it, it's a bona fide sale. And you're chayi dalad vehei. Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish says, Pater. Reish Lakish says, you're Pater. Why? Keiban de leise betvicha, leise bemechira. Reish Lakish says, Alokha lemaisa. Again, utvacho machro is a package deal. If you can't do shrita, then ultimately, again, mechira will also not yield a dalit behe liability. Incredible. Okay, so both says, this is our machlokis. So just to point out over here, now you understand, now you understand why it's a tutir machlokis. And so now, going back for just a second, Rabbi Yochanan chose to set up the case. Now, it's like a lot going on over here. So remember again, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlakish are commenting on Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah. 
So remember again, Rabbi Yochanan chose to set up Rabbi Shimon's case as a case where Ruben the thief steals a shlamim and offers the shlamim in the base of Mikdash, just not for the sake of Shimon the owner. So therefore again, Shimon's now out another carbon. Therefore, Ruben the thief is going to be Chayiv Dalad Vehei. Reish Lakish chooses to talk about a case of a blemished animal that ultimately again, that was, that was shafted without, that was, right, by the moment, b'chutz. So as I said, now I understand why Reish Lakish didn't hold like Rabbi Yochanan, because ultimately, again, why? Because according to Reish Lakish, a carbonic animal would not work, because Reish Lakish needs the animal to be able to be sold and slaughtered. But that doesn't work with a carbonic animal. So what's come out of Rabose is, in this whole machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, about how to interpret Rabbi Shimon, it turns out that there's actually something much more yisildistic at play between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, which is, which is, how do you read the Pasuk? Is utvacho macharo, meaning that in order to be chayiv dalad vehei, you're only chayiv dalad vehei in a case where you could both slaughter and sell. But if both of those options are not at your disposal, you are not chayiv dalad vehei. That's Reish Lakish. Or no, Rabbi Yochanan, Tvacha is an either or. As long as you could do one of them, you will still be Chayi Dalad Vehei. Incredible. Ace Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan is Kasher Reish Lakish. We'll say another, it just gets better, right? So another Kasher over here, listen to this. Ganav Kilayim. This is fascinating. We'll say, let's say you have a crossbred animal. Crossbred animal, that's Kilayim. So you steal a crossbred animal. And what happens? Utvacha, right? Ultimately, again, you shecht it. Or... Trefa umachara, or you steal a trefa animal and you sell it. So what's dalacha? Mishalim tashlume arba bechamisha. Ultimately, again, you have to pay the four and five time penalty payment. Now, both side. Now, this is a brisa. Brisa. Remember again, Rabbi Yochanan just bringing this brisa as a kasha treish lakish. Because what do you see from here? You see from here. You just need that halacha lemaisa. Brisa says explicitly: if you stole a trefa animal. And you sold it, your chayiv dalit vehei. That would seem to support Rabbi Yochanan's reading of the pasuk that utvacha omacharo means either or. You don't need to be able to do both. Alma af asaligmaras my love Rabbi Shimoni. Is this Mishnah not also? In, it does doesn't it also reflect the view of Rabbi Shimon? Because if you notice again, the Brisa doesn't talk about shechting a trefa, right? The Brisa just talks about going ahead and selling a trefa. So it seemed to be in line with Rabbi Shimon. And what do you see from here? Alma afagav Well, say what do you see from here? You see from here that Allah even if you can't shecht the animal, ultimately again there'll still be liability for for slaughtering the for, sorry for selling the animal. So, we'll say, sorry, so this seems to be a pretty good proof for Rabbi Yochanan. Absolutely not. No, Rabbanan. No, this doesn't reflect the view of, of Rabbi Shimon. Rather, it's the view of the Rabbanan. We'll say, now, what did the Rabbanan hold? The Rabbanan hold, the Rabbanan don't need a Shechita Ru'uya. Right? The Rabbanan hold that in any case of Shechting, even if the Shechita does not yield an animal that is fit for consumption, you're still Chayib Dalad So I'll say, so just to point this out, so according to the Rabbanon, if Reuven were to steal a trefa from Shimon, Reuven were to steal a trefa from Shimon and go ahead and shecht that animal, you'd be Chayib Dalad So the so Reish Lakish responds, this price reflects the view of the Rabbanon. One second. I Rabbanon, trefa b'mechire isa b'zichalasa. But say, if that's the case, that's the Rabbanon, then why does the price only talking of, talk about Selling a trefa, you could also what? You could also what? Shech the trefa, Michai Dalad Behei. The Elamai, Rabbi Shimon. So you have to go back to what we said before. Mostly the price reflects the view of Rabbi Shimon. To which the Gemara says, one second. Kilayim, Bitavicha, Isib, and Mechirolasa. If that's the case, we're about the crossbred animal. 
Why does it only talk about slaughtering the crossbred animal? You could just as easily sell it as well in Michai of David Behe. Ella, we'll say, watch this. Ella Tano Tericha Bahuadin Mechira. So I'll say, rather, what you have to say is like this. You're right. When the Bryce has said, talked about slaughtering the crossbred animal, it meant what? Slaughtering also meant what? Slaughtering and selling. Whereas, ooh, if that's the case, therefore, So we'll say, if that's the case, if that's the case, when the Bryce talks about slaughtering the crossbred animal, slaughtering really means what? Slaughtering and selling. So in the case of the trefa, I should also say that what? When the Bryce has said selling, what does selling mean? What does selling mean? Selling means selling and slaughtering. If that's the case, I'm say, whose opinion does it reflect? Whose opinion does it reflect? The Rabbanon. The Rabbanon. Rabbi Yochanan, Amr Lachar, Rabbi Yochanan will say like this. Hi, my. Okay, so we'll say, so therefore, what we have over here is a brysa that's a little bit strange to interpret, right? Because here's what the brysa tells me. The brysa tells me that if I take a cross-bred animal and I shaft it, I'm chayim dalad behei. And if I take a, and if I take a trefa and I go ahead and sell it, I'm chayim dalad behei. So I will say, obviously, what's missing, so, so now again, it would be tempting to say that anytime you mention tvicha, it also means mechira. And anytime you mean, say, mechira, mechira also includes tvicha. So let, let's analyze. Rabbi Yochanan Amr, Amr Lecha, hi, mai. All right, what's, what's going on over here? So let's analyze. So if you say that the price reflects the view of Rabbi Shimon, I did the Tana Trefa Bechada, Tana Kelayim Bechada. So I'm going to say, you can say, if it reflects Rabbi Shimon, so then really, we're just kind of coming to establish price as symmetry. And since, according to Rabbi Shimon, by Trefa, there's only one option, right? What's the only option by Trefa? The only option by Trefa is Mechira. Right, because again, you can't check the trefa because ultimately, so since it only included one option by trefa, it only includes one option by kilayim. But, but not to say that you can't sell kilayim also, but just to maintain some level of symmetry. So the Gemara I did tanim trefa chada, tanim kilayim bechada. El yamit rabbanan. But according to the rabbanan, if this, if the price really affected you of the rabbanan, then what? We should mix the cases together and list them as one. How so? Ganov kilayim utrefa. If Ruvain stole an animal that's crossbred or a trefa, tavchan umachran, and then you shechted it and you sold it. Meshalim tashlumi arba vechamisha. Ultimately, again, you should be chayim arba vechamisha. To which the Gemara says, you're right, kasha. It turns out that, that how to read this b'risa and ultimately, again, who it really aligns with is Palmanah. Because if it was really the Rabbanon, if it was really the Rabbanon, then ultimately, again, it really should have just listed the cases at once. In other words, if a person, Ruvain stole either a crossbed animal or a trefa, and then he sold it or he slaughtered it, ultimately he's chayv arba vechamisha. So it, it seems to be, if the b'risa is going to reflect anyone, it's going to reflect the view of Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, again, I will say, this would seem to be a proof for Rabbi Yochanan against Reish Lakish, Namely, that halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, that that ultimately again, the Bryce supports the idea that even though you can't slaughter, you would, there would not be dalid behe liability for slaughtering a trefa. Sorry, for a trefa, because at the end of the day, it's a shchita shein aruya. But there would be liability for what? Selling a trefa, selling a trefa, which would seem to support Rabbi Yochanan's reading of the pasuk of utvacho o macharo. Doesn't mean what? Doesn't mean you have to be able to do both, but rather, again, as long as you could do one of them, 
ultimately there would be liability for Dalit Bear. So I will say, we'll stop over for today. Again, so I will say, we're ending off a little bit on a cliffhanger. There's still a lot to do in terms of trying to figure out how do we paskin by the reading of the Pasuk, right? By extension, how do we paskin ultimately by? One more second. How do we paskin by? How do we paskin by the reading of the Pasuk? That's number one. How do we paskin by Reb Shimon? And really, the overarching question is, do we even accept Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah of making this distinction by Kodshim? Resolution, resolution to all of life's problems. Or at least Babakama Ayin Zayin problems. Will Mirat Hashem occur tomorrow? Will Zayish